After Pentecost last year, we began walking with Paul through the book of Acts. We followed his conversion and three missionary journeys before COVID-19 interrupted our plan. But last week we picked up again with Paul and Sandra led us nearly 2,000 kilometres as Paul made his way from Miletus to Jerusalem. 2,000 kilometres was a long way in those days. But Paul was determined to, to get to Jerusalem for the Passover, even though he knew that chains and tribulation awaited him. There were even believers along the way that warned him not to go. But Paul pressed on to follow the leading of his heart. He says in chapter 20, verse 24, None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. We would say that what happened to Paul was a complete disaster. Opposition on every side, trouble and strife, chains and tribulation. But no, God was working his purpose out. He was going to get Paul to testify to the gospel of the grace of God, to the leaders of the Jews, to the leaders of the Gentiles, to the leaders of Rome. That was what was important. No matter how hard it was, God was going to be with him. Listen to what happened while Paul was in prison in Jerusalem. Acts 23 verse 11. It says, the Lord stood by him. Isn't that wonderful? Here he is alone in a hard place, in prison, in lockdown separated from his brothers and sisters in Christ, but the Lord stood by him. And you and I may be alone in lockdown. We may be in trouble and strife, but the Lord will stand by us too. Remember that. Remember, he is with you no matter what. The Lord stood by him and said, be of good cheer. If he'd have said that to me, I might have thought he was joking. All he's been through, all he's going through, and God says, be of good cheer. But we know that Paul will be of good cheer because we've seen him before beaten up and in prison, yet praising the Lord. And that's a good lesson for us, to give thanks even in the hard places. In fact, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 tells us to give thanks in everything, 
For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, for you, for me. Give thanks in everything, for this is the will of God for you. But back to what the Lord is saying to Paul in Acts 23 verse 11. He stood by him and he said, Be of good cheer, for as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must bear witness at Rome. God wants Paul to testify for him, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God, as we saw in chapter 20, verse 24. And now God is working out a way for Paul to do this in Rome. And God is working out a way for us to do this in Melbourne, in Oakley, wherever we live or work or shop or have a cup of coffee, God is working out a way for us to testify. We may not see how he is working. It may involve difficult circumstances. But if we are available as Paul was available, not counting the cost, God will work in a mysterious way to perform his wonders through you. See how he worked these things in Paul. First, to testify to the Jews and the high priest in the temple to testify to a Roman commander and the people in Jerusalem, then to those in Caesarea and eventually in Rome. But how did Paul testify about God to these people? He told them his experience of coming to know Jesus. He told how he had been a strict upholder of the law, a Pharisee, a persecutor of the early Christians. He told how God had stopped him on the way to Damascus and wonderfully converted him and called him to be his witness. Paul told them his story. That was his testimony, his witness. That is all you and I are called to do to tell our story, to witness to Jesus in the situations we find ourselves in. That is what Alan Webb is doing in his difficult situation. He's sharing his story of Jesus where he finds himself at the moment. And that was what Paul was doing. He did it at Jerusalem, he did it at Caesarea, and later he will do it again in Rome. But today, as we see Paul making his defence before Felix, who was the Roman governor in Caesarea, I want us to notice four things about the priorities of Paul's personal life. He says in chapter 24, verse 14... This I confess to you, Felix, he's talking to, the governor. This I confess to you, that I worship the God of my fathers. It seems to me that this was his 
first priority. The first thing he mentions: "I worship God, the God of my fathers, the one true God, Yahweh, the God who rescued His people from slavery, the God who brought them into the promised land, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob." The same God that you and I worship, and this needs to be our first priority too—to worship God, the God who rescued you and me from slavery to sin, the God who brought me into the promised land of His grace, His goodness, His gifts, His blessing, and whether we worship Him at home on our own. Or together on the phone, or together in a building, our first priority must be to worship God. The second thing he says is that he believes all the things written in the law and the prophets. He believes the Bible. Yes, he only had the Old Testament, but he believes it. He was schooled in it. He learnt it. He studied it, and we need to be schooled in the Bible to learn it and believe it if we want to grow up into Christ and become more like Him. It's His Word that teaches us. His Word leads us. His Word grows our faith. And gives us a sure and certain hope, and that's the third thing that Paul confessed. I have hope in God. He has a confident expectation that God will do what He says. He has a hope that is rooted in the truth of God's word. That gives him confidence to face every day, because he knows that God is a faithful God, who does not change, who will not fail him, a God who gives him a future and a hope, an assurance of what is still to come, the resurrection of the dead. This is the fourth thing Paul confesses: there will be a resurrection from the dead. Paul knows that he will rise from the dead. He will get a new body. He will be with Jesus, and so will we. Jesus Himself will see to it, because He is the resurrection and the life. He says in John. Eleven twenty-five. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And if we believe in him, we have eternal life. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for each one of us. But in the meantime, we need to have the same attitude as Paul in verse sixteen. He says, "This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offence toward God and man." 
He wanted to live. He wanted to strive to have a good conscience before God and men. We might say that he wanted to please him in every way. And so for us, let us be ready to testify to the grace of God, to share our story. Let us worship him in spirit and in truth. Let us believe the things that are written in the Bible. Let us hope in God and look forward to our resurrection from the dead. And in the meantime, let us live to please him in every way. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you that you have brought us to know you. And Lord, our conversion may not have been as startling as that of Paul's, but nevertheless, Lord, we have a story to tell. Just the fact that we know you. Lord, we thank you so much that you have come to us and revealed yourself to us. And we pray that you would give us the confidence and the courage to share our story with those that we meet every day. And Lord, I pray that each day you would incline our hearts to worship you, that we would lift up our hearts to you and give you thanks and praise every day. Lord, instruct us in your word. Open your word to us, Lord. May we believe the things that you have written. And Lord, we thank you and praise you for that sure and certain hope that we have of the resurrection of the dead. So Lord, I pray that you would help us to live in such a way that we would please you in every way, every day. In Jesus' name, amen.